This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the Fruited Plain. The phone number this open line Friday, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. And I must begin the show with a correction and update to how I closed the show yesterday because we have incoming updated poll numbers. Ask yourself why the national press is not covering this story. If the election were held today, Donald Trump would beat Joe Biden. That's right. He's now ahead. You know, let me step back and explain my philosophy on polling to everyone. The polling is not as bad as as we say. Uh, The polling in 2022, actually, the Republican polling was terrible. The Republican public pollsters in 2022, and I believe them, including Trafalgar, was that uh, the Republicans were doing way better than the mainstream media polling suggested. And many of us, myself included, presumed, well, the mainstream media pollsters are biased against us. It turns out they got it right. They could see the shift to the Democrats that happened in August, uh, whether it was about abortion or uh, the democracy issue. In fact, the Biden team after the election came out and said their internal polling an internal polling that is not public tends to be pretty good polling. It's way more expensive to do. It's why the media doesn't do it. A, a media poll can cost $10,000. A campaign poll can cost $100,000 for the same size poll because you're doing much more in-depth polling with live operators. You're, you're vetting people better. It's way ex- more expensive to do an internal poll. And the Biden team said their internal polling showed uh, there were even Republicans concerned about democracy and threats there too, which is why the president did what he did. And it turns out it worked. 13% of Republicans voted for the Democrats in 2022. For the first time since 2002, independent voters voted for the incumbent White House party in a midterm election. Uh, it was pretty staggering. It, it threw everything off. And it was the Republican pollsters who got it all wrong. When you took the Republican pollsters out of the polling, what you had was a Democratic surge at the end of the election. Uh, And it helped the Democrats keep the U.S. Senate, among other things. They barely lost the House. So looking at the polling averages and the trend lines, you could see things moving. The individual polls are always wrong. Rarely does an individual pollster get it right. But 
what a pollster does is he takes a pool of people and he doesn't survey the same people every time, but he surveys the same types of people every time. There's always X percentage of Republicans, X percentage of Democrats, uh, Y percentage of blacks, Z percentage of whites, et cetera. And, and they do use the same, they use the same sample size and, and format. So when a group of people move in a direction, you may not know the precise number. It may not actually be 50% or 51 or 52, whatever the number is, but you can see them headed in a direction. And when you take the polls all together and average them out, you get a pretty good picture of what's happening. So it's amazing that with national public polling showing Donald Trump ahead of Joe Biden, the media is pretty silent. Now ask yourself, if Ron DeSantis were suddenly to surge, wouldn't the media play that up? Why aren't they playing up Donald Trump being ahead? Now, in fairness, in the real clear politics polling average, he's only ahead by six-tenths of 1%. Six-tenths of 1%, but he's still ahead. And the polling that puts him ahead is not... Republican-leaning polling. Yes, it's true. Rasmussen, which is not a good pollster. Rasmussen has him up six. But the Harvard-Harris poll has him up six as well. The Harris-X poll, which is online polling with the messenger, has him up two. The Economist-YouGov poll has him up four. Now, NBC News has Biden up four. Emerson has him up one. Biden up one. Yahoo News has Biden up four. Quinnipiac has Biden up four. It's a roughly tied race. But y'all, let's just let, let, let's just take the poll in here as it is. You got Trump up six, Trump up six, Trump up two, Trump up four. Biden up four, Biden up four, Biden up four, Biden up one. You take out Rasmussen, which I don't actually think is a great pollster. You've got a tied race. That might explain why the Democrats are suddenly running these warm and feely things of, oh, Gretchen Whitmer, oh, Gretchen Whitmer, what could have been you, the governor of Michigan, you could have run for president. Oh, Gavin Newsom, you could have run for president, Gavin Newsom. What could have been? Now, by the way, uh, you know who's not having a good week here in all of this is Ron DeSantis. DeSantis is actually a point behind Biden. The same polling that has... Biden losing to Trump is having Biden beating DeSantis. DeSantis is not having a good time. Will Kane on Fox News confronted DeSantis about the polling. Why do you? Oh, now I got to rearrange all the audio, don't I? Because I messed that up. That's on me. I was watching a movie preview and then I messed up my own audio. So this is Will Kane on Fox News confronting Ron DeSantis about the polling. Why do you think, despite those successes so far, it hasn't been reflected in your polling for your 2024 run for president of the United States? I have several different polls here. I know you're familiar with them. You know, um, the latest being from a group entitled the Beacon Center, but we have real clear politics averages as well. And while Donald Trip uh, Trump is above 50%, and some of these polls 60%, your numbers are somewhere between 20 and 10%. And they've stayed there for about two months. Why is it, in your estimation, the numbers have not reflected your success in Florida? Well, I think if you look at the people like the corporate media, who are they going after? Who do they not want to be the nominee? They're going after me. 
Who's the president of Mexico attacking because he knows we'll be strong on the border and hold him accountable in the cartels? He's going after me. So I think if you look at all these people that are responsible for a lot of the ills in our society, uh, they're targeting me as the person they don't want to see as the candidate. And so this campaign just started. Uh, but I think it's pretty clear that I'm the guy that not only can beat Biden, uh, I'm the guy that can beat the left on all these different issues. Okay. There's some truth in what DeSantis says. Uh, everyone has piled on DeSantis. The problem is uh, there's a growing body of evidence and, and a growing whispers among Republicans that he's just not connecting with people. The, the, the fighting the wokes in Florida stuff isn't helping him nationally. I mean, frankly, um, DeSantis talks about Florida. He's very proud of Florida. He's got a good record in Florida. Uh, but people in Ohio don't care about Florida. People in Connecticut don't care about Florida. They want to know what you're going to do for them in the future, not what you've done in Florida. And most people in most states do know the president of the United States can't battle school boards. School boards are a state thing. So he can establish his bona fides of, of fighting the wokes, but he can't do all that as president. Uh, so what's he going to do as president? People kind of want that message. Uh, what, what amazes me are the number of people who are, I, I know, DeSantis loyalists. They love DeSantis. They're going to support DeSantis, but they're like, why can't he be more like Tim Scott? Which suggests there's a messaging problem there for DeSantis, and he's not registering with voters. But Donald Trump is. Now, here are the interesting things, and this is one thing that Republicans do have to take seriously here. In a lot of these polls, and, and let me go back to the list of polls so you have that Donald Trump is in the lead. Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden right now. The race essentially tied. Trump ahead six-tenths of a point. But the Economist YouGov poll that has Donald Trump ahead by four, the NBC News poll that has Biden up by four, the Emerson poll that has Biden up by one, the Yahoo poll that has Biden up by one, they all show around 13% of Republicans saying they will never, ever vote for Donald Trump again. Does that number ring a bell with you? Because this is an opinion poll. And opinion polling is not exit polling. Exit polling is actually pretty good because with exit polling, we know how many people voted. We know the demographics of the people who voted. So the exit pollsters are at the polling places and calling the people who early voted to ask them how they voted. And they can get a really accurate snapshot of how people voted and why once they're adjusted for the demographic metrics. Essentially, you, you go out and you ask uh, Latino men and women, Asian men and women, black men and women, white men and women, uh, Republicans and Democrats, you divide them up based on who actually turned out, the percentages of who turned out. And when you adjust the polling occasionally, you, accordingly, you get a good snapshot of how people actually voted in the election because you've actually interviewed the people who actually voted. And you never ask them per se, who did you vote for with the exit polling? You're not allowed to do that at a polling location. So you ask them questions that give you the direction of where they went. Did you, do you like the incumbent party, yes or no? Do you support the president's agenda? Do you support Donald Trump's agenda? Look, if you're going to vote for Donald Trump, you support his agenda. So you're not asking, did you vote for Donald Trump? But you are saying, did you support his agenda or not? Uh, and you can get a snapshot. And what I find remarkable is 13% of Republicans voted Democrat in 2022. 
and that number is coming up in all these polls. Now, I, I've got an email from somebody that's come in while I'm talking and said, oh, you're talking about polls. I'm not listening because you're talking about polls. You know, you can learn things from this. Do you not think that the campaigns are taking polls right now? They're trying to figure out how to persuade voters. And the moral of the story here is not who's ahead or who's not, because it is July 7th of 2023, more than a year before the November election. But we're starting to learn things. And if you're not so dismissive of conversations about polling, you might learn that the Democrats' narrative of Trump can't win is BS. The Republican narrative that Trump is probably the weakest Republican candidate is true when you've got 13% of the GOP saying no. But being the weakest Republican when Joe Biden is your opponent and he's over 80 years old doesn't mean Trump can't win. He can And the other thing is to highlight the media focus or lack thereof on this. You and I know darn well, if Ron DeSantis surged into the lead in the polling and was beating Joe Biden, every news outlet, left, right, and center, would be covering the story. But the polling right now in the averages has Donald Trump ahead. And there's absolutely remarkable silence from the media. It is true, factually true, when you pull out the online pollsters and you just look at the people who were live operator, who talked to real people, those are the most expensive and the best polls. Yeah, Biden's ahead by a couple points. But the polling averages shows us the trends. And the trends are that the inevitability of Joe Biden is not a foregone conclusion. And the Democrats, not the Republicans, the Democrats should be paying attention to all of this. The Democrats are convinced that Donald Trump is the worst thing ever. He is uh, an existential threat to the Republic. He must be stopped at all costs. If that's the case, you people can't go through with the next election with Joe Biden at the top of his ticket and Kamala Harris as number two because Kamala Harris is a drag on the ticket. Kamala Harris is a legitimate drag on the ticket. It would not surprise me if the cocaine found at the White House was Hunter Biden's cocaine and he made sure to put Kamala Harris's fingerprints on it so she'd get the blame for it to give them an excuse to get her off the ticket. Yes, we're more than a year away from the election. Yes, I understand people don't care about polls, although I think they should. But the bottom line here is that Donald Trump is ahead of Joe Biden right now And the Democrats are convinced there's no possible way Donald Trump can win, except if the election were held today, he would. And that should cause abject panic among Democrats because Donald Trump is, well, I don't know if you all know this or not, the younger of the two candidates. So I'm getting a hot tub on Monday. Well, I guess nowadays you're supposed to call them a spa and I can't wait. And it's like 90 degrees outside and I'm going to sit in that thing Uh, with a cigar and a glass of bourbon and sweat, and it's got surround sound. (laughs) So I decided, my my, my buddy David at at, uh, my flagship station, WSB, said, do you want to do ads for Georgia Spa Company? Uh, Neil Bortz uh, used to do ads for Georgia Spa Company, and and I'm familiar with them. I was like, "If if I can get a hot tub out of the deal, yes. And, And I'm getting a hot tub out of the deal, and it comes in on Monday. My wife... I don't know that she is really down with this. We, we did have to re-landscape some of the backyard because of a drainage issue to be able to get this thing in. But 
Josh, who owns the company, uh, George Spot Company, he said he was going to be listening today. So I figured I should give him a shout out that I'm so ready for this thing. When I go to Hilton Head in the spring, it's typically still cold. And I will stay in that hot tub at that uh, beach house until the sun comes up, just watching shooting stars all night. It's my thing. It's what I like to do. And and these are like therapeutic. I had no idea. Like they have massagers and and I got like an ankle issue and I'm deeply excited to get this thing, even though I'm going to sweat. Although, you know, the kids these days like to fill these things up with ice and, and free. I don't understand the whole soaking in ice thing. Why do I want to sit in a bucket of ice? I, now, I, I I say that, but I do like fly fishing, and in my waders, the cold does good, makes my joints feel good. But I don't understand these all these kids these days. Kids these days, get off my lawn with your buckets of ice. I don't want to do that. I want to sit in a warm water with bubbles and my iPad watching a movie with a cigar and a glass of bourbon. The other thing is, you know, so my friends come over on Sunday nights and we sit on the front porch and have cigars and bourbon. But because I've mentioned it, people drive by my house all the time. And not only that, they like show up randomly. I've really legitimately had random people show up. And so now we can just like, is it weird for all of us to sit in the hot tub and, and have bourbon and cigars back there? So, cause nobody's going to come around the house. It'll be way more private. At least that's my theory. All right, I got to move on. I'm just a little excited. I finally get my hot tub on Monday. The poor electrician had to crawl under the house yesterday and run a line, and there was a six-foot-long snake under the house. The man found Jesus under my house yesterday. (laughs) Okay, I got to move on. Before I do, I'll take your phone calls when we come back, 877-973-7425. But first... I must give you the ongoing saga of Vision Computer. My son got in trouble last night. So he gets on this computer. So we got Vision Computers built him this gaming PC. He calls them whenever he has a problem, and it's fantastic. But they've got him set up now with this headset so he can connect over the Internet with his friend. And he's got a friend who's in London and a friend who's in Savannah, uh, two and a half hours from him. And they get on this thing, and they're so loud and my kid nearly woke us up last night because he was trying to like connect with his friend in London who it was morning in London. Man, he loves this thing, but and I'm glad I don't have to fix it, but it's all because of Vision Computer. I'm, I blame them for the sleepless night, but they're awesome. If you need a computer built for your company or your home and you need a company that's going to service it and take care of you over the phone and be your remote tech support, give Vision Computer a call, 404-COMPUTE, 404-COMPUTE, anywhere nationwide. They can save you money and be your tech support, and they're really good at it. 404-COMPUTE. Y'all, listen, I want to take your phone calls. I really do, and I'm going to. It is an open line Friday, but I have saved this Kamala Harris audio. I haven't even listened to it. I wanted to listen to it with you. I mean, I know the gist of what she says, but I just I thought it would be a special moment for all of us together to go insane together listening to Kamala Harris babble on about something. Um, The woman she's at war with the English language. I mean, worse than like the the whole trans stuff where uh, you can have a plural singular pronoun, which literally makes no sense. Uh, This woman is just insane. And I just wanted to share the special moment with all of you. Again, I haven't listened to the audio myself because I knew we could have a moment together. Let's dive in. 
Kamala Harris's latest deep thought. Well, I think culture is, it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment that is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> we, have, we have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. I'm beginning to believe the cocaine was hers. <laughs> she really is into this whole moment in time stuff. Uh, the the urgency of now and, and the passage of time. And uh, she is really into this stuff. Wow. My gosh. Uh, okay. That now, now that we're all dumb, uh, <laughs> Welcome to the phone calls now, 877-973-7425. Blair, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hi, Eric. Uh, congrats, by the way, on the new spot. You're going to love Thank it. Thank you. Thanks for Appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, I heard you talking about the polling that uh, indicates a percentage of Republicans won't vote for Trump. And I just want to call and share my perspective as someone that falls in that category. So, you know, if the election were to come down to Trump versus Biden, or even honestly, Trump versus Kamala, in spite of uh, that audio that you just played, uh, I'd actually have to hold my nose and vote for the Democrats. And that isn't because, uh, you know, I'm so turned off by Trump the man or his immoral behavior. I can actually tolerate quite a bit of immorality from uh, politicians. Where I draw the line is the, uh, the steps that, you know, Trump took to in some ways, and uh, our dem Democratic Republic uh, after 2020. So, um, you know, I've listened to the call with Brad Raffensperg uh, in Georgia. Uh, I looked at the conduct after 2020, and it's clear that you know, he tried to interfere, coerce state officials into just you know, throwing out the votes. He, he did so without evidence, or certainly without you know, went outside the courts because the courts require evidence, and directly went to state officials and that's just unacceptable so this isn't a case of me falling for some sort of liberal media bias I mean, I've, i go on youtube listen to the call uh, yourself so i chat with my republican friends tell me i'm i'm crazy to think that try to show me the light and that you know i end up having to say look as much as as you believe the 2020 election was stolen um and your mind can't be changed on that is how much i believe Trump tried to undermine democracy, and, and I can't be swayed on that unless there's actual evidence that goes counter to the evidence I've already seen. So, uh, you know, if I have to choose between a really crummy choice of uh, a crazy liberal agenda and someone that's a threat to democracy, then, you know, unfortunately, it's an easy choice, but still a bad choice nonetheless. Well, you can always leave it blank, too. And and I've got a lot of friends who are in that camp. Listen, Blair, I, I appreciate your concerns there. And I, I do hope that people aren't dismissive of you because it's there's a growing view among people I encounter who are center-right who have that concern. Now, the, the problem is uh, that Donald Trump has been better 
than pretty much any politician since probably Ronald Reagan or Bill Clinton, for that matter, in connecting with uh, rural Americans in 1992, Bill Clinton really did connect with rural Americans who felt left behind. And Donald Trump has connected with a lot of people who felt left behind. And, and none of the other politicians have done this. When you look at the data about uh, where Donald Trump's core base is, it is rural America. And they are locked and loaded for Donald Trump uh, because they feel like he appreciates them. He understands their way of life is under attack. And it is, by the way, under attack. He's not belittling to them or dismissive of them. And they love him as a result. Uh, and that matters to him. Uh, back to the phones. Jack, welcome to the show. Hello? Hi there, Jack. Hi, hi there, Eric. Thank you very much for taking my call. I really appreciate you. I just want your thoughts about Michelle Obama as a possibility. I, it's probably not going to happen, but it, she's like the elephant in the room, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, you know, so this comes up like I, I this came up in uh, 2016 and it came up in 2020, and she's not getting any younger. I, I don't think that she will do it. Uh, it is a, a wish among some Democrats. Some Democrats are really, really like pushing the idea that Michelle Obama should be the Democratic nominee. Uh, she would be overwhelmingly popular with black women. She would undo the damage of Kamala Harris. There's a, a percentage of suburban white women who would go for her just because of who she is, uh, the celebrity factor there, but she's not going to do it. Um, I have a hard time seeing or do something like that. Um, I don't think. I don't think it happens. All right. Um, this is this is where I pause on phone calls and get to the stuff that I wanted to talk about now. Because we all need a good laugh. Aaron Blake at the Washington Post has a story. You might need to sit down for the headline if you're a liberal. The headline: Who's okay with the affirmative action decision? Many black Americans. New polling shows more black Americans approve of the Supreme Court's decision getting rid of affirmative action than disapprove, and few believe such policies have helped them anyway. I know! Who'd have thunk it? There have been a series of headlines in the last week of white people writing in liberal publications claiming that everybody is a white supremacist. Uh, here's one. Asian American conservatives have become key allies of white supremacy. Here's another one uh, from the New Yorker. The rise of Latino white supremacy. Here's another one. Uh, why some non-white Americans espouse right-wing extremism. Here's another one. This is from a, a black uh, lecturer of government at Harvard. Why white supremacists are not always white. Black and brown men committing white supremacist crimes in America should not surprise anyone. Isn't it amazing how white supremacy is like the most diverse group of people in America? These progressives should be embracing white supremacy given how, according to the left, Asian Americans are white supremacists. Hispanic Americans are white supremacists. Black and brown men are the new white supremacists. Everybody's a white supremacist these days when they're not even white. How can this be? These are all commentary pieces and opinion pieces after the Supreme Court 
got rid of affirmative action because the left must understand how can it be that non-white Americans do not want affirmative action? They are opposed to affirmative action. And the way they've rationalized it is, well, it must be white supremacy. (laughs) Y'all, if everything is white supremacy, nothing is white supremacy. This is an epistemic belief uh, woven within progressivism these days uh, that uh, white supremacy is bad uh, and affirmative action is one of the things needed. This is what happens when your ideology is premised on systemic racism woven within the institutional fabric of the United States. It has become a dogmatic uh, religious belief of the left that everything is racist. And so the cure is anti-racism. And one of the things of anti-racism is affirmative action. The white supremacists of the Supreme Court led by the black man, Clarence Thomas, got rid of it. Uh, How can it be that black people support ending affirmative action? Well, it must be because of the white supremacists within the mix. (laughs) This This is a cult like uh, situation. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and, and I don't mean this disparagingly, don't be offended, but you know how when Donald Trump gets indicted, his polling goes to the roof. Everybody circles the wagon around him. They're like, no, we, we can't have this guy go to jail. We love him. Uh, whether they actually are going to vote for him or not, they support him. His polling goes up. It's kind of the same behavior on the left here of when when one of their things falls out because the Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional, suddenly how, they got to circle the wagon around that thing. And the way to do it is, well, they're all white supremacists out to get us. Whitey's coming for us. Never mind that Whitey's a black guy or Asian. Well, no, no, he's still Whitey. These people, it's is that that's that's all they're, they're trying to rationalize what's going on. Now the difference is that on the right, they don't have the cultural and media institutions on their side, but the left does. So the left can get the New Yorker, USA Today, and what it, well, you name it, to with a very straight face say that yes, this is white supremacy. You know what was the what was the kid was it Trayvon Martin who got killed by George Zimmerman or whoever. And that was the moment it suddenly became a thing that someone could be a white Hispanic. The, the, the George Zimmerman, Hispanic, shoots and kills a black kid walking through the neighborhood. Well, he's a white guy. No, no, he's Hispanic. Well, there's this thing called a white Hispanic. That became the moment white Hispanics became a thing. They had to find a way to justify the non-white stuff. Uh, or, for example, when we had all the anti-Asian violence, now keep in mind, the guy who shot up the Asian spot in Atlanta was a sex addict, and he was actually going to these places because the women were actually prostituting themselves in these Asian spas, and he thought, I need to go kill these Asian women working in Asian spas because I'm a sex addict, and that's how I'm going to get over this addiction. He was crazy, but immediately, because oh, it's white supremacy against the Asian community. No discussion whatsoever about it being well, a house of prostitution, and the guy was a sex addict. No, no, it was anti-Asian hate. And so then the data comes out, and overwhelmingly, anti-Asian hate is conducted by younger black men. And there were a series of security camera footages of, of elderly Asian people in America getting beat up by young black men. And some professor at the University of Colorado at Boulder publishes a study. She says, well, actually, what it is is that these young black men, they're a product of a white supremacist society, and they're lashing out on other non-white people to try to become closer to white society. That was literally what she said. These people are insane. They're religious. 
And you know, the, the thing that gets me here is that in almost every case, almost every case, it is rich, secular white people who are the ones who immediately conclude that, well, it must be white supremacy. If you don't like affirmative action and you're black, you must actually be like channeling white supremacy. They don't understand. They do not appreciate the idea that someone might want to go to college on their own merit and not know that they got there because they discriminated against another non-white person and then to have it linger over them the rest of their life. Did they really get into Harvard because of their academic prowess or because they were black? They're judged for the rest of their life on that and they don't want to be. They want to get there on their own merits. And what's actually going on here is our society continues to move towards a more perfect union. And racism is less and less thing. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but it's far less of a thing than it used to be. But you have these entire institutions and opinion writers and editorialists and, 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 and groups out there that depend on racism for money. You're not going to get a newspaper column complaining about racism when racism goes away. So you got to keep racism festering in this country or keep people convinced that it's spreading in this country so that you can keep your income coming. And so when it turns out a majority of non-white Americans want to get rid of affirmative action, you can't recognize America is moving beyond race. You have to instead scream racism and say, well, oh my gosh, racism has now affected all these people too. It's kind of ridiculous, but this is where we are. Jim, I heard you say something to me, but I couldn't hear you. Ah, Patriot Mobile. Jim is reminding me I'm supposed to tell you guys about Patriot Mobile. This is a good time to do so because he's telling me if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric and you move your cell service to them, you, my friends, get guaranteed great service. Patriot Mobile uses the same cell towers you're probably already using. They're called an MVNO, a mobile virtual network operator. Congress said essentially the monopoly carriers can't deny other cell phone companies from setting up and using the same cell towers. So they use the same cell towers you're already using. and But they can distinguish their business model where one of the big companies is just a, this nameless company that puts you on hold and you never talk to anyone. Patriot Mobile is actually a Christian conservative company that takes a portion of their profits and funds the causes you care about. And their business model to grow their profits is to offer you guaranteed great service from a cell phone company. All you got to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. As you grow their business, they grow their profits. And as they grow their profits, they grow their giving to the conservative causes you care about, from the Second Amendment to the pro-life cause to even conservative candidates running for office in the country. patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Go check them out today. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan anywhere in the nation. You got a business, you want that business to grow, you need access to capital, they might be able to help you. $250,000 loans or more is what they specialize in. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Now, let us go to Greg. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. But I had a question for you. Um, if I hate a white supremacist who turns out to be black or who's Hispanic, does that make me racist? <laughs> um, let's go to the wheel of woke to decide. Um, 
Got, 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 got to spin the little wheel here, and it, it depends on how intersectional you are. Um, if, Greg, you consider yourself an ally and you're also willing to punch a white Christian, uh, you, you, might be, you might be good. Uh, but if you are a white Christian who hates racists who aren't white, uh, you yourself may have drunk too much white culture from from white people, Jesus, and you actually do need to repent by. Well, I guess you can't do blackface, but you you can you can go somewhere and and uh, you can be a Rachel Dolezal and go spend time in another community. Oh, and that's, it's okay. very, that's it's, complicated, look, it's, but it is, Greg. It's it's very difficult. I mean, or you could just like do a gender transition, or you can't do a racial transition, but you could do a gender uh, transition, and that, that would justify speaking it. Of that, Uh-oh, speaking of that, speaking of that, you um, you you might be in a position to be uniquely qualified to help me with something along those lines. Um, I have an eight year old granddaughter, and uh, she has decided that she identifies now as a, a premium bourbon drinker. And naturally, as a family, we want to be supportive. Yes. And so I was thinking if you could recommend a a bourbon that would be well-suited for an eighth grade, uh, eight-year-old little redhead. And then I told her she's probably going to want to find a complimentary cigar if she wants to do it right. Oh, yes. Okay. So I would go with uh, fine Calumet bourbon. If you can find the 10-year-old Calumet uh, it's actually really, really tasty. The fourteen and the ten year uh, for a cigar. I I really like Arturo Fuentes cigars. Uh, the Don Carlos is a great one. Uh, they pair well together. Now I've only got thirty seconds here, Greg, so I got to let you go. But uh, I I would be very supportive of this eight year old's transition, uh, particularly if you get to also test the bourbon and cigars to make sure the child is transitioning appropriately. Uh, you might want to undergo the transition yourself and try it out first, and they may grow out of it. You probably won't. <laughs>